happy holidays, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of Just Another Sports Podcast. My Greg Swatek here with you. No Josh Smith this week. He's uh, uh, taking a little early holiday here, but I'm joined by two of my uh, favorite colleagues, uh, Frederick News Post City Editor Alan Etzler and uh, sports writer Joe Ferraro. How are you guys? Doing well. Thanks awesome. for having us. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, it's not only the holiday season, it is bowl season. In, in, in college football and, and, and my question to you guys is do you get into the bowl season at all do you, do you care about any of the bowl games uh, just what's your overall feeling on college football and, and, and the bowl season I snooze through the first week or week and a half or so that, that, that's for sure hey, you're, yeah. you're, you're not the biggest college football fan in the first place right Joe no, or, yeah. not, not, not that big but no I mean uh, you know the humanitarian bowl and whatever Meineke bowl whatever the the, 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 the car <laughs> <laughs> the quickie lube uh you know sponsors I, i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm not into quickie lube uh sponsor bowls that, that, that's that's for sure yeah there, there's just too many too many games there's a lot of them it's it's, yeah. it's overload right yeah. and, and and the standard to get into a bowl game seems to be ridiculously low too which is basically a, a 500 record pretty much so six wins but but now teams play 12 games they used to play 11 so six wins would ha- would get you a winning record but but now it's a 500 record and the standard is low, and and they they just, I mean, it's it's a nice honor to play in a bowl game, so that that's why there's so many of them. Well, they, there's money attached to it, and, and they generate yep. tons of money. They make they, so, some people their jobs are just to be associated with these bowl games and to put on these bowl games, and they make like six figure salaries to work really hard for 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 basically <laughs> like two. A month of of, yeah. of the year, it seems like like the executive director of the Orange Bowl probably makes. Seven hundred thousand dollars a year, <laughs> and he's in charge of putting on one game the, the entire year, and making sure it comes off with, without a hitch. So, how much do the players make, Greg? Uh, Zero dollars, and we'll get into this a little, a little, yeah. little later in the, in, in the case of uh, James Wiseman, uh, who, who just left Memphis uh, to, to prepare uh, for the NBA draft. But, um, but yeah, uh, the, the bowl season. There, there's some great games. The college football playoffs yeah, is the, great. The, the and, CFP is yeah. is going to be appointment television. I think that's really the only thing I'm making a point to watch besides yeah. maybe Georgia's game. I'm, I'm uh, not sure how good the LSU Oklahoma game will be. I think Oklahoma's good, but I don't know if they're in the class of LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. But I don't I, think so. But they're fun to watch. Yeah, they are with with Lincoln Riley and his offense oh, yeah. and. And I think the Clemson-Ohio State game is, is going to be really good because both those teams are, I'll be tuning are, in for that are, are excellent. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you will wake up from your long <laughs> winter <laughs> slumber. <laughs> yes, Your long holiday slumber, Joe, to, to tune in. Yeah. For Do you the, have any uh, other that you're making a point you know, to watch? Uh, not, not, I, I don't care about the lower-tier the lower tier bowl games uh, at all. I'm, I'm mainly waiting for the playoff. The, the January 1st games are kind of fun. Uh, just because January first used to be the big mm-hmm. game for b- the big day for all the our, all the marquee bowls, uh, the Rose Bowl when it's like pitch black and um, uh, and thirty degrees outside, and then you turn it on and it's nice sunshine <laughs> and you see the mountains and the palm trees and stuff, and you, it sort of creates a a longing feeling like, hey, I I, I wish I was there. So. So I, 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 I tune into some of the New Year's Day bowl games, but um, but the college football playoff, are, are the, really, that's the only one that I have um, uh, strong strong interest in. So uh, so I, I just didn't know what you, how you guys felt about the bowl season um, because it is a nice honor for the kids, but, but again, 500 record, so many games. 
some, um, of, some of those early polls, it, it's just an you know inevitable. Uh, or, you, know, you get those camera angles where you see sections of, of seats that are empty, and I'm like, oh boy. You never dreamt <laughs> you never dreamt of winning the Meineke Car Care Bowl, Joe. Is, is, no, is a kid no, no. is a kid playing with your friends? I'll say no. this: I think I think the college football playoff has been uh, kind of nice to the bowl schedule for the bowl schedule because yeah. you're getting these. Big, I mean, these are massive games that you're getting earlier on the New Year's Day. So I think it makes it a little bit more exciting, a little bit more fun to watch right. than just all the boring games at the front and then all the good games January 1. Now, do you guys think that four four teams is an adequate number for the playoff, or would you like to see it expand a little bit? Joe, you can feel that one first. Okay. Uh, I think eight. Eight would be nice, but no more. No, no, no more than eight. I think right. eight, eight would be good because – there's always um, an argument of who, who should be the you know the fifth, uh, but then uh, you know playing devil's advocate, I'm sure somebody will say, well, if you have eight, there's always an argument for who should be the ninth. But you know, I think eight is a nice, solid number. Well, it's like the NCAA tournament, like who's number yeah. 69 in the NCAA tournament. So, um, so I mean, how much of a argument can you really make? Uh, do you feel I, I four actually, is the right number, Alan? I actually like it at four. Uh, it feels like it's a class of their – like it feels prestigious to get into that final four. If right. you're talking about eight, it's it's like, okay, the top eight teams. I mean, now you're talking about like teams like Utah who had a had a good year. Right. But would you consider them to be an elite college football team? I don't right. think I would. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in this top four, you get like the dynasties, the right. real, the real program. Right, and 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 some team will be some deserving team will invariably be left out uh, right. in a given year. I think they got the right four this year, obviously, and I, th- I think they've often gotten the right four, even though some teams have had an argument uh, to have gotten in. But I'm with I'm with Joe. I mean, if they, you expand this thing beyond eight, then you're starting to get mm-hmm. some teams that some good teams, but but not great teams in the playoffs. Eight's sort of a nice number just because it gets all the conference champs in, so it creates more meaning to, to winning the conference title game. Right. And it allows for a non-Power 5 school or two if they have really good seasons, like Central Florida or Yeah, that's or, or the only like argument I really, yeah. I really like for eight, but um, I kind of just wish one year a team like Central Florida would just get the nod, but it, maybe right. they never will. I mean, it would give a school that wouldn't otherwise have the chance to yeah. – Mm-hmm. Hey, you, you're part. You're part of this, uh, this, this eight. But I, I think if you have the eight teams, I think you're gonna have to start having home games for teams, just because to ask fan bases to travel to neutral locations, neutral sites three times in in like three weeks. I, I think that's asking a lot. So, so I, I think you'll have to at least for the first round of games, the, the, the quarterfinals, so to speak. You, you probably have to have some home games for for the higher seated teams, just because you're not asking your fans to travel to Miami and then to Pasadena, California, and then to uh, uh, Phoenix uh, for, for the uh, Fiesta Bowl. So um, it's it's bowl season. It's the holiday season, and the NFL playoff picture is, is coming into sharper focus. I, want, I wanted to talk to Alan because his 49ers are 11-3, and three, and yet they're the number five seed right That's now. That's crazy, in, isn't it? In, in the NFC. What a conference. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it's so top-heavy. And 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 I've been saying that I I think any non NFC East playoff team right now could beat just about everyone in the AFC except the Ravens. Like I, I think the Vikings could beat New England. I, I think the Vikings could beat Kansas City. Uh, and and they're they're at the bottom of the, right. of, of the field in the in the NFC right now. So any non NFC East playoff team I think could beat just about every 
AFC team besides the Ravens. So I, I totally agree, and I think the AFC. I mean, if you if you look at the records, the AFC doesn't look as bad. But when you watch these teams play, outside of the Ravens, the Ravens are obviously terrific. They seem to have a severe weakness on one side of the ball. Right. Either one. It does. I mean, I think the Bills' offense is not particularly good. Right. The Patriots' offense hasn't been impressive. They've almost right. been kind of anemic the last few weeks. They, they ha- much they have of the been. season. Right. Um, the Chiefs' defense has a lot to be desired, especially on the back end. I. I yeah, it's just weird to see how dominant these NFC teams have looked. I mean, even if you look at the Packers, who um, I don't think their offense has been as good as it's been in past no, years. Uh, They're uh, strong on both sides and, of the ball. And if you take away Jones, uh, the, the running back, Green Bay's offense really yeah. uh, might have might have struggled uh, through a lot of these games. Yeah, so. but they, they they've done enough to win a lot of these games. Right. So uh, it's it's been a weird year. That NFC is is pretty loaded this year. I don't remember it being this kind of at least perceptually being this unbalanced right now your 49ers had a weird result last week they, they lost to the falcons uh who, yeah. who who aren't a great team but i wanted to ask you before that they, they played the ravens they mm-hmm. came to baltimore and played the ravens it was a really good game it, 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 it could have gone either way how did you feel coming out of that game as, as, a, as a 49ers fan the ravens game uh it didn't take too much away from how i feel about the prospects of the team um i felt like if they're not if they're playing in a dome i think the niners have a better chance to win that game uh the conditions don't lend themselves to jimmy being able to throw the ball and he's obviously not as athletic right as as lamar is so lamar being able to run the ball and them kind of being able to ground and pound in the rain um was a big benefit to the, to the ravens now the niners have a good run game too but right. a lot of a lot of them being successful in the run game Starts from opening up the the pass game and using play action and things like that. Right after that game was over, did you feel that the Forty ers were on the level of the Ravens? Yeah, I think they're on the same level. Um, I, I would, I I think maybe if they play ten times, one team wins six, the other wins right. four, maybe right something like that. Okay. And then they followed it up with another awesome game with the Saints. <laughs> I think that might have right. been the game of the year and, and, and they in terms won, of entertainment and, value. And they won that one, yeah. and, and, and George Kittle had the great play. And, and Kittle's really become, in my opinion, the, be, the best tight end in so the too. league. So, um, and, and there was a tw- uh, clip circulating on Twitter this week where he had a ridiculous pancake block of the Falcons uh, <laughs> DB. He, 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 was, he basically he was, like pushed him backwards. Yeah, and he, yeah. if you zoom in, you can see the guy roll like the – he pushes him so hard the guy falls backward and then rolls Kittle and he ends up on top of Kittle and Kittle is laughing his ass off hysterically right. at how badly he blocked this guy. It was pretty, pretty yeah. incredible. He's a great run blocker. He's the best blocker blocking tight end I think we've seen since Gronk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's really filled that. I mean, Travis Kelsey's really good for the Chiefs, mm-hmm. but but I, I'd say Kittle with the blocking and the receiving. He's really you could argue he's the 49ers best. Uh, offensive player and he's a tight end sort of Absolutely. like sort of like Gronk was the Patriots best weapon right. and, and and he was a tight end so and then I mean every team plays a stinker I guess do you, do you look at the Falcons losses anything more than that well if you look at the Falcons the past couple of weeks they've actually played some pretty good football they haven't had a great season yeah. but they played some good football the last couple of weeks and I think it um that particular game showed exactly where the 49ers weakness is is if you have a good big receiver, you're going to cause a lot of problems for that defense, especially with Richard Sherman out. Right. Um, so that that's one of the weaknesses of that. That defense has been heralded as really strong all year. Uh, I felt like the pass rush kind of got tired late and really wasn't getting to the quarterback, and 
the only guy on that team you needed to guard is Julio Jones. Unfortunately, they right <laughs> didn't. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a play at the goal line. Yeah. I mean, if he's pushed an inch forward, then he does the ball doesn't break the plane and he doesn't get in. Yeah, so. and, and I mean, you know, they they caught a break. I, I don't I don't know if it was a catch or not in the play before that, but right. they, they caught a break of because uh, it was initially called a touchdown. So uh, the Austin Hooper play, which was very close, I thought. I don't know how you guys fell on that catch, but I thought it was very close. Yeah. Um, so they caught they caught a break. They got one more chance. They need to make one more stop and a couple inches short. I mean, I kind of – I don't know if I chalk it up to a fluke because the Falcons played pretty good, uh, and they poked some weaknesses in the Niners team, but I, I'm i not panicking yet right? Uh, because I know there's some, some injuries right. if you're the 49ers. You know. Yeah. Uh, the, the coach of the Falcons is Dan Quinn. His wife is from Walkersville. Yep. You're, you're from Walkersville too, Alan. Uh, yep. did, did you know her or – did, did your families interact at all or uh, so yes but not his wife okay it's his wife's um i want to say it's her sister or brother um that my mom went to school with and then i went to school with dan quinn's niece okay you but did. never okay. knew it yeah, so, right, right yeah, yeah. exactly uh, like you, you never knew he was going to be the right. uh, head coach right. coaching in a super bowl one day right so yeah so joe have we shoveled dirt on your your bears or um i, I think so yeah I, I think so um I, you know as far as the trubisky thing uh again have you I, given I, up on him no no i i don't i don't think he's I, I really don't think he's awful. I I I really don't. Uh, you know, he's he's had a couple of bad games, or you know, accuracy wise, but I I don't think he's he's an awful quarterback. Well, he could he could he can move. He can move, and, and that's, yes, he can. That's, that's really an asset. He can, and, so, and, and, yeah. and really, um, in, in many ways, I I don't know. For some reason, uh, you know, the coaching staff, and I, I, I really like Matt Nagy and his uh, creativity. For some reason, they they haven't been able to utilize that part of his game a lot he he has not you know been moving outside of the pocket nearly uh, you know as much uh, as he was last year now you know these past couple of weeks he's he sort of turned tur- turned around a little bit but uh but no i mean uh, i just think uh, you guys talked about you know the just the depth of the of the NFC, I mean, even even if they had um, had won that game against the Packers, which uh, you know they had a chance to do, they were a couple of plays away uh, from doing it. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> there still would have been a a slim chance of them making it in. Uh, conceivably, they could have finished ten of six and and not make the playoffs. Right. So it's uh, yeah, it's just a, a deep a deep conference and. And uh, just a lot more quality opponents. Uh, Bears have had a couple of key injuries. Uh, In the key, toughest division, too, yeah, I think. Toughest, the toughest uh, division as well. Yeah, because you so. have three player, playoff caliber teams in that division with yeah. the Vikings, yep. the, the Packers, and the Bears, uh, yep. who are who are a fringe team on the outside looking in right now. Yep. So, yep. so you know, they've had a couple of uh, key injuries. Uh, Akeem Hicks, they've, he's been mm-hmm. out for a while, uh, you know, right in, in the middle of that line. And, and that, re- I mean, uh, that that seemed to take more of a toll on the defense than I think people expected. Oh, uh, Hicks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, Khalil Mack, yes, he commands all these double teams. But, uh, but yeah, he, he was uh, one of the guys who was, who was, like, you know, breaking free mm-hmm. when, when he did uh, command those double teams. Uh, you know, uh, some of the other guys, I mean, they, they've got some other good players. But, but yeah, no, that, 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 really, that really hurt. Hypothetical. Yeah. So, I... I don't know how realistic this is now with Kyle Allen being benched for Will Greer, but there were some rumors of Cam Newton to Chicago 
and about the <laughs> midpoint of the season. If he's healthy, Cam Newton, a healthy Cam Newton as the Bears starting quarterback, or Mitch Trubisky and continue trying to develop him. Wow, that's a that's a tough call. <laughs> that's a what, tough the call. age gap is what six or seven years there. Yeah, Cam Cam's going into seven. about his nine or ten, ninth or tenth year. And, and Trubisky is what four or five, fifth year. Uh, next he's in year. his yeah. third. Yeah, he's in his, his third, third, third year. Yeah. So it'll be his fourth That's year. Tough. Yeah. I mean, Cam. I mean, is he's had a great career, but man, I I, I think uh, just all, all the hits that he's taken over those nine years have really taken a toll. I mean, if if you get if you gave me Cam Newton in year four or year mm-hmm. five, I, I think I'd take Cam Newton. But Cam Cam Newton in year eight or nine. I I don't know I I think I I think I like because uh, I, I I'm cringing at what Cam Newton in, in year twelve would look like. Mm-hmm. So and, and, and so, don't you think they're similar profile quarterbacks? I mean they both they're uh, not that far off, right? They, no. they, they 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 both run. I mean that's that's one yep. of their best strengths is their ability to run, and and they're they're they're, they're decent passers, um, right? But 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 the running a, is is they they run just as well as they throw it seems. So I think the yeah. prof- Cam's much, a much bigger person than, than Mitch Trubisky but but um, Trubisky takes better care of himself. right he, he does yeah. and uh and it seems like there's similar profile so so really if you make that trade if you're the Bears you're you're, you're getting an older quarterback a more, a more brittle quarterback an injury prone quarterback so, well I wouldn't trade Trubisky yeah. for Cam no, no I was just thinking no, if they sign right, Cam yeah yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah well, I, I, I just I, I'm just thinking big picture you know maybe for one year, maybe I'd take Cam, but you know, just knowing how how that works with the commitment and the you know, you know, getting him, they'd probably probably commit to him for what four or five years. I, I just worry about what Cam would be yeah. four years down the road. Do you guys do you guys think any team could challenge the Ravens in the AFC? And do you think it'll be a cakewalk to the Super Bowl for the Ravens, or can a team rise up and challenge them? Gosh, you know what? Uh, even though uh, even though the Patriots dominated them, I, I don't know. Just something about that that Belichick uh, yeah. factor, right? That you know, it, it and 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 the Patriots too. I guess you know Tom Brady, the competitor. You know he is. It's a case where where I, I bet you in his mind he's like, oh yeah, you know people are talking about about Lamar. People are talking about um, about Mahomes. You know, you know what about me? I mean, he, he's he's even with all he's accomplished, he's always going to have that chip on his shoulder, and and uh, I could I wouldn't be surprised if if they won just as as poor as as that office has seemed over over the right. past four and, or five. And, and weeks. they're not and they're not a great run defense either. I mean, they're a good pass yeah. defense, and they defend the pass well and get after quarterbacks well. But the run defense isn't good, and and I think that's why they had so much trouble in the first game. Uh, because the Ravens are obviously a running a run first team, and and Lamar could he's becoming a quite capable passer too, as he's shown with all, with all these games of multiple touchdown passes, including five in in the last one against the Jets. Um, so I I don't know in the in the AFC I maybe Kansas City and Mahomes Mahomes is starting to look better for the Chiefs. I've actually so, got a surprise yeah. team. Okay, that no ahead. one is talking about. Go ahead. Since week seven, who is the number two highest scoring offense in the NFL? Number two highest scoring offense, in mm. the, and it's an AFC team. It's an AFC team. Oh boy! Uh, let me think about this. It's got to be the. Is it the Texans? It's the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, w- that was when Ryan Tannehill took over. Right, Tannehill looked really good. I mean, and that is a team that keeps offenses off the field. Yeah, they sustain long drives, and I think if you're going to beat Lamar Jackson, 
You do it by keeping him off the field. Right, and how would you like to tackle D- Derrick Henry? Derrick like Henry a, 25 a, times a, a game. A, a 6'5", 250-pound running back that they could run. Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. that team has the recipe to beat, yeah. the, to beat the Ravens. Yeah. I'm not sure if they would do it if they right. actually played, yeah, ex- but exactly. I, think, I think they've got the right recipe. No, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, uh, you got to give Mike Vrabel credit. Maybe he's finally found the right coach because he, ne- yeah. he, he never looked this good when he was the Dolphins quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, now they lost to the Texans last week, and the Texans – were whipped by the Broncos the week before. So the NFL is still such a weird league. It like is. like uh where for any given week uh, you could have a really crazy result. Um but but yeah, I mean if they if they can get in, if they can get that wild card yeah. spot. But I, I to answer your question, like I think the Ravens still have to be the odds yeah. heavy odds on favorite. I don't right. I don't know if I would pick anybody against them. Yeah, but. and I think whoever comes out of the NFC, the deep conference would uh, would be a legitimate challenger yeah. to, uh, to the. I think the Ravens are the best team in the league. I think you guys agree with me, um, but um, yeah. but I, I think they would face a legitimate. Whether it's the Niners, the Saints, uh, I, I don't know if Green Bay scores enough points to to, to, to challenge them. Um, but one, one of those, the team that's going to come out of the NFC is probably going to be Seattle, the Saints, or the Forty ers I would guess one of those three. Yeah. And I, I think Seattle lost to them already, but um, but I, I, I think the Ravens would face the challenge in the uh, Super Bowl. So. Um, wanted to get into a little NBA stuff uh, with you guys, and I don't know how locked in you are to the, to the NBA. It seems like the three best teams in the league are Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. Not a big surprise. And then the two L.A. teams, the, Clipper, the Clippers and, and the uh, Lakers. Um, but the, the NBA uh, recently has uh, proposed um, some, in, some changes to their season. I, I don't know if, uh, how much you guys know about this or – how much you've heard about this, but they would shorten the idea is that they would shorten the regular season. Um, they would um, include a in-season tournament, a 30-team in-season tournament, like an interruption of the day-to-day. Hey, the Sixers are playing the Wizards schedule and, and do like a 30-team tournament. Um, they would um, the conferences wouldn't matter in the playoffs. They'd seed one to sixteen, so so conferences don't matter in the playoffs. Which which one of the proposals I really like because seeding by conference, I think it doesn't always get the best two teams to the finals. And then they would have sort of a play-in aspect for the playoffs, where the bottom four teams in each conference would play in for the last playoff spots. So, so that's the proposal um, uh, in, in general, the, the scope of it. And I was sort of scratching my head, saying this in-season tournament that I guess they're mirroring European soccer and some other leagues where they where they take a break from the season and do this tournament, it's sort of like an Olympic break when when the NHL was going through it. Um, but it's like, man, what's the incentive? Like, who cares who wins the the in-season tournament? Like, like why? What, what's the significance? Hey, I'm the, we're the mid-season tournament champions. It's like what's the? It's like sort of the mighty key, the champions of the mighty key car care bowl. There, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, sort of along those lines. But uh, today uh, there was a story where the the NBA would incentivize the winner of the of the mid-season tournament and. Each player would get a million dollars. Now, a million dollars is a lot to the three of us, and we would we'd all be thrilled, and our lives would change dramatically with a million dollars. But to these NBA players, it's it's really not that that big a deal. It's just another million dollars. So, so some of them could use it. Um, it's, so some of the marginal players, it, mm-hmm. it, it would mean more for. But um, do you? Do you are there things about this that you like that you don't like? Just what, what's your general feeling on this NBA stuff? Um, I think the NBA is that like it's 
as far as I can remember, I guess, it feels like it's at its height of popularity. Yeah. So it feels odd to go around changing a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, I like the idea of the bottom teams having a play-in to get a, a playoff spot. Yeah. I, I like that. That's mm-hmm. And I like the 1 through 16 seeding. I don't know why we need to do it in the middle of the season. I'd rather just have that be how they do the actual right. playoffs. Right. It's, like, it's like they're doing a playoff and then they're doing a, then they're doing the playoffs. Like this isn't for the championship. Yeah. But and then we'll have another tournament for the championship. It I mean, the I, NBA season already feels like it goes by pretty fast. Yeah. Um the regular season does the playoffs take forever. Because it's 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 cuz people don't really start paying attention to the NBA uh, until right right around this time of year. And, and, and maybe that's a reason and, for it, right? To, and, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I would actually. I mean, the owners would never go for this because it would mean lost revenue. And of course, mil- billionaire owners can't stand to lose the tiniest drop of revenue. Um, but I would, I would propose starting the NBA season at Christmas. Um, have these marquee Christmas games like they always have, um, and play play the season either normal length or even a little shorter. And then your, your season ends in July in August. And instead of competing with the, with the NFL and in college football, all you're competing with is like mid season baseball. Right. So, so, so let the season go through July into August and then start the season again in Christmas. So just push the season back a little bit. I, I think that's the schedule change the NBA should make. Cause people again, start paying attention around Christmas and this time of year and then when the season ends in June, on the sports calendar, we really have nothing but midseason baseball in right. uh, July. And in in in, in, in uh, July, really, uh, there's the All Star Game, but um, but there's not really many big events on 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 the summer sports calendar. So push push the season back, and then let the NBA playoffs instead of ending in mid June, have them end in July or even early August. So I like that idea a lot. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it, you know, just because in the summer there's not a whole lot. No, as far as this tournament goes, I'm just wondering, you know, the deeper you, and it's only a, a 16 team, team tournament, but uh, you know, towards the end, uh, you know, with, with all this emphasis on, and I forget what the term is, what uh, game management or load management, load management. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. That, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's yeah. The NBA so, buzz so, so uh, you yeah. know, so, so so all those teams who, so the two teams that make it to the final, they, they, they will have played all these games while while all the others are are kind of you know, just, you know, taking up some taking the rest basically. So right. um, I, I guess I get it. Maybe they're trying to you know get a little boost of popularity in the in the middle of the season where it might. It might yeah. seem to drag on. I but, mean, I, I, but uh, I, I like soccer. I can't say yeah. I'm, I'm tuned into uh, UEFA or European League soccer games. I guess they do this overseas, and I, I guess it's popular. So I guess the NBA is sort of copying this idea of a, of a mid-season tournament. Um, but it, it, I mean, no, no one's going to really fans aren't going to be thrilled because LeBron James made an extra million dollars because his team won the tournament. So I, I just don't understand the idea. Also fans aren't going to be pumped that their team won the midseason tournament. Right. Exactly. So it's like, yay, we won. We, it's like, it, it, we won this trophy or, or whatever, or this little financial bonus for, for guys that really don't need, that don't need the money. What is so. an incentive that would make you like this? Oh, that's a good question. Um, man, you put me on the spot there. Um, it's a very good question. Do you have any? Other, <laughs> I've been trying to think, think of it since you no. told me about this. Um, well, uh, let's see. You're, you're, First draft pick? 
That could be one. A ball in the lottery? That could be one. They could take after baseball where where they do it for, what, home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, that too. Like, like tie it to the playoffs somehow. Whether you're, like, guaranteed one of the top four seeds in home court advantage for the first round. Or, yeah, make it logical. I mean, Mm -hmm. besides giving financial bonuses to players – have a team reward like you you will have home 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 court advantage for at least the first round of the playoffs you're guaranteed that no matter what your record is so but uh, as far as the players and them you know wanting to win this tournament uh, actually i brought it up in the office one day where what it was was, uh, a thanksgiving day game in the nfl you know cowboys cowboys won and i guess they gave out these cheesy awards and what they gave like the big the, old gobbler the, the, the turkey leg yeah, or, yeah. Gave, no but they gave like a big gobbler tro- trophy to Emmett Smith and he he promptly throws it in the trash can <laughs> and so I I, I I could see I could see LeBron do, doing the same thing with that trophy once he right. got it you know behind the scenes just yeah. throwing it in the trash can yeah <laughs> in the in the NHL the super sisters you don't touch any trophy before before the Stanley Cup like they won't even touch the conference championship trophies the, the, the players because of superstition so so yeah i mean some of these proposals are good i the the in-season tournament i i I think will be a hard sell uh uh, for some fans i think so so. i like your idea about beginning in in christmas they're you know it's a great idea the holiday season it it kind of gives us right people are stopping anticipation people are are stopping paying attention to football yeah because listen to these games on christmas and this was going to be part of my scene or to be seen um uh, Boston at Toronto. So Toronto, the defending champs against Boston, one of the best teams in the East this season. Milwaukee at Philly, the two teams that I guess were perceived to be the front runners uh, to, to go to the finals in the East. Uh, Houston at Golden State. Now, Golden State obviously is, is uh, uh, I mean, they were supposed to be a lot better than they are, uh, but but the injuries have taken their toll. And, and, and they've been the team in the NBA for the last five years. The Clippers and Lakers, the Battle of L.A., maybe the two best teams in the league. And then the, the, the nightcap is New Orleans at Denver. And Denver's sneaky good. I mean, they're, they're pretty good. Teams, people don't pay a lot of attention to them because they play, they play later at night. But, but, the, but the, Nuggets, uh, the, the, the Nuggets are a real team. And, and the Pelicans, uh, they, they presumed that Zion – when they made the schedule, they presumed that Zion Williamson was – was going to to play uh, in this game, so so really five compelling games. It may, the the Golden State thing uh, happened beyond anyone's control with the injuries and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean those are five games that people want to watch and get people jazzed up about your season. And then you're not competing with the NFL and college football at all. I mean you're you're competing with midseason baseball, and I, I think you would command more people's attention. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the NBA, uh, there was a story this week. Uh, James Wiseman, uh, who was the number one recruit in the country uh, last year, uh, he went to Memphis to play for uh, Penny Hardaway, uh, the coach of uh, the coach of Memphis. And I guess I guess um, he was suspended twelve games. I think he played in. Uh, three games for Memphis. He was suspended twelve games. Uh, for accepting impermissible benefits, and what were those impermissible benefits? Well, Penny Hardaway helped to pay for his move from from Nashville to Memphis. So, so what what a horrible thing for Penny Hardaway to do to help pay a kid's moving expense, right, Alan? So, um, but yeah. but he was suspended twelve games for that. I think he served seven. Uh, but this week, uh, James Wiseman announced that he was withdrawing from school. He was leaving Memphis, and he was going to focus on 
preparing for the NBA draft where he'll probably be a, t- a top three pick. I think ESPN has him as their number three draft prospect. So, so what, what so Alan, I mean, you're, you're, you have strong opinions that you've expressed on here before about, uh, um, how the NCAA treats college, uh, athletes, uh, particularly the high profile ones in men's basketball and football. How, how do you feel about the James Wiseman story? Well, I mean, I think it's one of like the most egregious examples of why I think the NCAA is so terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, how, like, as far as I know, he, he either paid the money back or had plans to pay he, the money back. Right. He Yeah, he was going to pay the money back. Yeah. I mean, you can't take out a loan? Right. Well, but, well, and then you had Chase Young of Ohio State. Right. He was suspended for paying for paying for his girl, for taking out a loan so his girlfriend could come watch him play in the Rose Bowl last yeah, year. Just, and and, and, he, and he since paid the money back, but right. he was still, still suspended. I just think that's I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they... It, it's almost like they want to oppress the athletes to such a point where they can't walk around with $10 in their wallet right. because you got it from the gas station when well, you went to the ATM. Like, what are they allowed like, to like, do? Like, like, coaches can't buy recruits a pizza right. uh, if, if they were hungry or it was dinner time during one of their uh, visits or whatever. Right. So you, you, a program could be sanctioned for a coach buying a, a kid a pizza. So. Yeah, and so, I mean, you know, me and you have talked a lot. I think athletes should be allowed to be paid. I think they should be allowed to sell their memorabilia. Yeah, like no, those no, are you and those I agree are some on, you, those are some controversial opinions. You and times. I agree on that. Right. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't think schools should pay the athletes, but I think kids should be able to right. um, uh, benefit from their own likeness. Yeah, and and you know, I, I I go a step further that I think the school should be allowed to pay them, and that's a controversial opinion. This shouldn't be controversial at all. I mean, to just think that somebody can't give you. A sum of money that you plan to pay back or do pay back or will pay back. Right. Uh, that's just what absurd they, to me. What, what they do is they force everything to be under the table. Right. Well, like Penny Hardaway, if he slipped the kid money and no one ever knew about it, then then it's fine. But why But why not lax the rules and eliminate all this? Just under, allow uh, it to happen. Uh, and, allow all the – and right. eliminate all this under-the-table dealing. So um, Yeah, and I, I mean I think uh, – James Wiseman is sort of one of the few athletes who's kind of realized the power that they have. Uh, Yeah. Just not uh, – it ain't going to hurt James Wiseman's stock to just go to the NBA and get an agent. Right. You could – plus now you could go overseas. You can go to Europe. Uh, The G League is – the G League is becoming a viable option for these You've got a lot of options now, and I think if we start seeing these top – these top guys explore some of those. It's going to hit the NCAA, the only place that they care right. about. And, and I think Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, I think he's interested in doing away with the one and done rule. So because it's, it's sort I of a shame because it, I mean the kids all they they have to be eligible for one semester of school. Right. They don't even like after just after this time of year, Christmas time, the holidays. They don't even have to show up for class, and right. they'll they'll finish their year. They'll be they'll be eligible for the second semester, finish the year, and then go to the league. And, and so. it, I mean, you know, and I. I understand a lot of athletes take pride in their college experience and, right. and take pride in playing four years, and I respect that. And so they're actually kind of getting screwed by having a guy like show up with no intention of ever staying there. But it would be somebody you build the, the program around, or is taking playing time from that guy who could be who could be getting better on the court. So just let them go if they if they have no intention of staying there for the program. Right. I'm all about just letting go, letting them go to the league or to wherever they want to go. And the guys who really want to stay there for four years and want to get their education and and want to enjoy the quote unquote college experience because people are passionate about college sports, 
let let them get the full experience. Don't screw them over. Well, one of the big reasons why the gap is closed between the majors and the mid-majors in college basketball, why in Evansville can beat Kentucky, uh, the number one team in the country on the road um, in, in Kentucky is because the mid-majors, those kids don't have NBA. Right. Their, their NBA chances they are, go are, to are college. marginal. Right. Uh, so they've been playing together for four years. Uh, and they've been improving for four years. Right. So they've been playing together four years. They've been improving for four years. So when you and th- when they take on a one and done factory like Kentucky, uh, and, and just a collection of talented parts that the, the mid major team has legi- has a legitimate chance to win, and, and you're seeing that more and more in college basketball. And I, I think five five number one teams have gone down this year. Yeah. Um. In in, in college basketball, so. Yeah, I mean, they they just need to lax the rules, and I, I think a lot of these issues and problems would just would just go away. Seems like you you guys have talked about uh, about this at length, but uh, it seems like the people affected by this would be like what point <laughs> two percent of, <laughs> yeah. of, of of the athletes involved. So yeah, just yeah, right. r- relax the, the the rules a little bit. I mean, when you're talking about. Well, you, you're probably going to be dealing with what, maybe five to ten athletes, uh, you know, a year uh, for you know per major sport, you right. know, football and basketball. It's it's just a minuscule amount. Why 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 make why make a big deal out of it? And yeah, we've made all these points before. If you're a musician, you you could get paid for a concert while while going to college. Like any, anyone else besides an athlete can get paid while they're going to college, except except really super talented. Uh, college athletes so i mean there's certain skills that you're displaying too uh you know just the ability to to market yourself mm-hmm. i mean that's these are you know li- i think life skills uh that, that are valuable just learning how you know how how to do that so yeah so just to try to put these harnesses on these kids it, it's it's not good hey, you, you know the best way to learn how to manage money how's that make some yeah right then you got to figure it out. Right. No financial literacy class can teach you what actually having $30 in your pocket means. Yeah, because a lot of these kids, they come from uh, from underprivileged backgrounds. Never had it. Right. They they sign, they sign get drafted in the NBA. They sign their first contract. And it literally like is hitting the lottery. Yeah. And it, it's this huge payday. That they have all this money that they've never – they grew up with no money. Now they have more money than – But you got to figure everyone. out how to make it so, last. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and they don't. And and I think there's a ridiculous stat in the NFL where like close more than sixty percent of the pe- NFL players go bankrupt at some point. So. If you allow them to make that money in college, they have more guidance through their professors right. and the people in their life at that point who can kind of show them, you know, how, w- right. what is financial uh, literacy. I I think the point you've always made, and I, I agree with to a large extent, is just let the market dictate yeah. the, this stuff. Like the kids that will be able to get endorsements, they'll get endorsements. Most most. Most of these kids won't be able to get endorsements, to your point, Joe. We're we're talking about a very small percentage. So you just let the market forces dictate this thing and and take over, and everything will be fine. I think in many many cases, you know, these people – they're they're not going to go. They're going they're not going to go seek for these opportunities. A lot lot of these people are going to come to them. So right. All right, uh, Alan, I'm sure, has wanted to throw a bunch of NCAA people on the boat in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if he has or not. but, um, but, but I think the, I've thrown the whole organization on once. Yeah, right. The boat might sink if we threw the entire organization on. But um, do, we, do we have people for, for the boat this week? I've been going back and forth if I've ever thrown them on the boat. They, they've long deserved it, but I would like to throw the Dolan family, the owners of the Cleveland Indians, on the boat. Okay, why is that? Uh, because they're trading their franchise shortstop, who's probably the best shortstop in baseball. And they're probably not going to get that good of a return. Rather, they could just spend some money for once in their in their lifetime of owning a team, 
right. and sign him to a long-term deal and let him continue being the face of the franchise. This is Francisco Lindor, for those who don't know who the shortstop I'm talking about is. They also traded their two-time Cy Young pitcher for a bag of peanuts. Now, I'm an Indians fan, too, and I don't have a big problem with them getting something for Corey Kluber before he, before they can't. Because I, I wish I, they would have gotten something for him. They got a reliever who seems like he's probably pretty good. Yeah. And then Delano DeShields Jr., who's like, he's the same outfielder as everybody else in the outfield. I, I got this. Uh, someone sent me this tweet today. Uh, Fenway Sports Group. Um, the team that owns the Red Sox has seen an 830% growth in value, 700 million to 6.6 billion, according to Forbes, uh, since the purchase of the Red Sox 18 years ago. That's the third largest globally for sports conglomerates, comfortably ahead of the Yankees in fourth place at a mere 6.1 billion. But the Red Sox are trying to get under the salary tax threshold to, to save money. So a team that's in, <laughs> the, the, the team that, that has increased in the last 18 years, 830 percent in value, is trying to like pinch ev- every penny they can. How would you so. like to see that return on your 401k? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're happy if we get three. We're happy, we're, we're happy for three percent on the on, on on the 401k. But 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 yeah, I mean the the Dolans are richer. The 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 learners who who preposterously claim they couldn't afford Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg, they're the they're the richest of these rich owners in baseball. So these teams could spend this money if they wanted to. They just choose not to, and 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 their teams suffer as a result, and and their fans suffer as a result. So it's so annoying. Yeah. I think some of this will may go away and for the next collective bargaining agreement. I, I believe the what the luxury tax threshold is expected to go up. And I think I think it has to just because of the, you know, the rising salaries. It has to. So maybe maybe some of this will be you know, addressed later on where people don't have to pay taxes on on the surplus over the, uh, the threshold. We'll, we'll see right. how it goes. Yeah. Is there a minimum salary cap? There should be. I, in the NFL, there's a floor. I, I know there's a floor. I, right. I, I don't there know, needs to be a floor. I, I, I don't know what exactly the floor is in the NFL, but there is a salary floor in the NFL. I don't think there's a floor in um, in, in baseball. Because these, these penny-pinching teams, and I understand the idea behind Moneyball and, and you know trying to find good value in things, but just the sheer fact that I just don't want to pay a player, so I'm not going to, is just ridiculous to me. It's not right. good baseball. It's not good business. Uh, I don't know. Now, now the Red Sox, have, the, the Red Sox have gone out and paid top dollar for some free agents. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they spend money, but at the they've same got time, a lot of bad contracts. But, but at the same time, their 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 franchise value has gone up again, eight hundred and seventy something percent, and then now they're trying to get under the threshold, which probably means parting with with a good player or two. So, and and I think and, it definitely means parting with David Price, right? Yeah, and and, and the team and the fans suffer as a result. The Dolan, the Dolans are the if the Dolans paid. Francisco Lindor, they, they wouldn't be um, that much less rich, uh, no. uh, I don't think, and they, they're perfectly capable. Of I'd argue, it, I'd yeah. argue, Lindor might bring you that money back. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, jersey sales right. and just the team being good, um, and he's such a marketable guy as it is. Right. Now it, it depends on what the Indians get for him. If, if they could trade him to the Dodgers and get get one of the and get their top prospect. I, the guy's name is Gavin Lux. Lux, who's who's like the number two prospect in all of baseball. Um, then, 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 then you're getting the next Francisco Lindor potentially. So I, I, oh, I so I, he can come I, for six years and leave. Uh, 
Well, <laughs> that, that, for an extension? That, that that's the vicious that's the vicious cycle yeah. right so, there. So. Dustin May, one of their promising pitchers, yeah. he, he'd be he'd be a good one. Uh, yeah, care a top two point I I don't uh, want. Let me be clear. I don't want the Indians to trade Lindor, but if they do. They better get. They it's got to be a package like that. They, yeah. they better get a haul. They better get a haul for him um, mm-hmm. in, in, in return. The Corey Kluber trade didn't bother me. That so today they've asked for final much. offers. Okay. Gosh. So everybody gets to make their final and best offer, and I, I, yeah. I guess they make a decision or they, well, don't make a decision. I don't know. Uh, the, there's no really. Ru- I don't know why they're rushing to make a decision. They're, I mean, Lindor's under contract, so yeah. um, they, they don't have. They, they could, even if they started the season with him, I, I don't think they're up against it. So. Um, um, I'm trying to think of who who, who was the last uh, you could say lifetime Indian if the, if there ever was one I guess tell I, me I, I know um, he was close I, I, oh, I he know, played for uh, went to the Phillies though he, yeah, he bounced around I mean I mean I mean Vizquel was there for quite a long time uh, right. you know, at least more than a decade he he may be the last one I mean if, if that's the case he bounced around at the end of his career that's that's yeah. pretty that, that's pretty sad to not have a you know, a, a lifetime Indian, yeah, I mean, and, and Lindor would be, uh, you know, the choice. Right. My, I would think. Yeah, Jose Ramirez, um, is, is, uh, he has a chance to do it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the Indians were bad for so long. that They, they, they didn't have a lot of great players, and now that they actually have them, and, and the team, again, preposterously claims they can't afford them because we're a small market team. Um, I mean, it's... It, it, it's ridiculous. That's also so. a vast misrepresent, misrepresentation of the Cleveland market. I wouldn't consider Cleveland small. Yeah, Cle- Cleveland's mid, mid, mid-sized yeah. at worst. They're, they're a mid-level market at worst. So It's like more than a million people in that city. Right, yeah. So, Joe, I heard you were in the holiday spirit, and you have no one to throw in the boat. That's uh, right. Week. Greg, it's, it's five days before Christmas. Is that true? It's five days before Christmas. Joe's got no coal to put in the stocking uh, no. uh, this year. No, so. but I'm going to be nice. You're too it's, nice a guy. Hey, I, 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 right. I've been told that, you know, <laughs> by, by, by women early in my life. I, I'm too nice. So there it is. It's okay. coming out. All right. Well, I, I, I need to... Uh, sort of preface who I'm throwing on the boat. Um, I don't have a problem if you want to dress up for a movie and get into characters. And like people are really excited about the new Star Wars movie, uh-huh. and, and they're getting dressed up. We had a story in our paper uh, today yep. about people that Star Wars enthusiasts that get dressed up and stuff like that. But these Star Wars movies are coming out so often now that <laughs> uh, did you really have to get dressed up for every Star Wars movie that comes down the pike now? Because now there's like two a year it seems at least that are this coming is the, the last pike. one greg right well <laughs> so they say it's always been the last one yeah um no I, I hear you right so these people that get dressed up for these movies it's like do you have to get dressed up for every movie and i'm not just picking on the star wars people it's just um that's the most recent one right yeah so these people that dress up for this stuff i'm i'm, I'm throwing them on the boat and, and get super into it and crazy about it. it's like so not a fan of cosplay i am not no this concept and the people that participated in it are basically who i'm throwing on the boat uh (laughs) this week so it's like yeah yeah another star wars movie is out um but do we have to go full dress up and like be camping out for tickets and, and all that stuff so i mean the movie will eventually work its way uh onto all the streaming services on net on whatever so it's not like you can never see the movie if you if you're not like the first in line to see it uh, either. So now it's well known that I'm not the biggest movie enthusiast here, but but I, I just can't 
I, I think the people that get into it on that level, especially for something like this, that that happens more than once, that happens a few times a year. Not like like Star Wars. Like there was a huge gap between the original mm-hmm. three and then the ones that came out around the turn of the century. There, I, I can understand the excitement for that. But now we're getting like multiple movies a year. Disney's really cranking them out. Do we have to get dressed up for every one of them? That, that that's sort of my my question. So, have you ever dressed up for a movie, Joe? No, no. But I mean, you, you probably got you know people moviegoers who say, "Oh, well, look at all these th- these fanatics who go to the black hole and and uh, pretty much yeah. you know look like uh, villains in in movies." It, so. it, 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 no, I get it. It's an emotional. It's a chance to. <laughs> it's an emotional expression. I I, I, but, I get it. But I, I I've not been. <laughs> One of those guys that have dressed yeah. up for either occasion. Right. So. Uh, do you have a scene or to be seen, uh, Joe? You know what? Uh, Josh isn't here, so uh, so so we're going to talk about uh, about the Vikings uh, and the Packers on Monday night. That's uh, that's my to be seen. So, so Josh so. would Josh would tell you that now, the Vikings are going to lose. Now, uh, now you know what? Uh, so so with him not be, not being here, I'm I'm, I'm going to pick uh, the, the the Vikings to win just because I know he believes that Kirk Cousins cannot win a big game to save his life. So I'm, I'm going to we're going to find out. I, I, I'm going to say he can. Yeah, I, I I like the Vikings in that game too. If Dalvin Cook plays, I like the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, so Vikings Packers for Joe. Do you have a yep. scene or two be seen, Alan? Yeah, it's a movie, so you're gonna crap all over it. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not anti movies, but but it's well known that I don't watch a lot of movies. Uh, Disney Plus is releasing a movie called Togo. Okay. And uh, a lot of people know the story of Balto. Have you guys ever seen Balto? I have not. Okay, I'm not. Uh, Balto is an animated movie of a uh, sled dog. It's based on a true story of groups of sled dogs that did the uh, the serum run to Nome in Alaska. Uh, in Alaska in the t- late, 19, late 19 teens and early 1920s, there was a diphtheria breakout in some of the villages. And um, there was a, uh, a serum medicine all the way across the state. And so groups of sled dog teams um, made leg runs uh, across the state and back and brought the the serum uh, back. And so Balto, the movie Balto, was based on the dog who made the final 55-mile leg leg run. Um, That movie, Balto gets a lot of the credit, but it was a very short length of time. It was just because he was the one delivering the medicine. The uh, real hero in the story, in my opinion, is Togo, and that's who this movie is based on. Togo uh, led a sled dog team of uh, on a trip that was more than 385 miles across some of the most dangerous parts of Alaska, including um, ice, uh, thin sheets of ice that were breaking up in the ocean. And um, they made it safely, and he was a, a 12-year-old, runt-of-the-litter, ill-behaved dog um, who ended up being one of the greatest sled dog leaders in in the history of sled dog racing. So I'm very excited to to see him get his due and to see how that movie turns out. It's got Willem Dafoe. I don't know if you guys like him or not, but I think he's a great actor. Is, is your dog a husky? My dog is a Samoyed. They're very similar. Okay. Uh, huskies are... It sort, sort of looks like a husky, but, yeah. I, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, so, so. huskies are, are bred for pulling. Uh, Samoyeds are bred for um, rounding up reindeer. They're d- herding dogs more than they are pulling dogs. Is your dog wrecking your Christmas tree this year? Uh, every year he eats five or six ornaments off of it. Okay. Uh, this year he ate three, and then we put presents around the yeah. tree. We, uh, Becky, my girlfriend, she 
wrapped presents very early. I do it at the last minute. And the, and the dog is tearing open the presents? No, he's actually stayed away ever since we put the presents around the tree. He no, doesn't go no, near No kidding. Wow. It's, it's the like, weirdest it's, thing. It's, it's like repellent almost. Yeah, so. it's the weirdest thing. Now, did, did, when he eats the ornaments, do you have to take him to the vet? Or do, we are, are, are there we're health, done. Are there, are there health issues? Or, we're um, done taking him to the vet for things that he chews up and eats. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> so, what, so if he keels over and dies, it's then, just then kind of, that, that, that's the way life goes? It's just or? kind of up to him. Uh, okay. We're, we're very lucky. We're very lucky in that he doesn't doesn't eat anything that's glass. He only chews up plastic. Okay. And he chews it up really good usually. Okay. Uh, and he he actually barely swallows any of it. Usually just leaves it there. So you can oh, find great. how oh, many. Great. Yeah, he'll just chew it up and leave it on the ground. Does, so does he, does he throw it up later? Or um? Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time he threw up something he ate. Um, no, it's usually food that he throws up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actual food. Okay. All right, presents are his kryptonite, though. Yeah, uh, it's pretty uh, great. Uh, we're learning. So, um, I have a I have a scene and a, a to be scene. Uh, my scene was was Joe Burrow's uh, Heisman speech, mm, where, he talk, speech. Where, he, where he talked about being from Ohio, sort of a a, a a poor, impoverished area of Ohio, and just his work ethic, the uncertainty because he was at Ohio State, he, and he wasn't the starting quarterback there. He really didn't play for three years and, and he just very appreciative, very emotional and very appreciative of the chance that at Orgeron, the LSU coach gave him to, to come in and, so, and sort of be the quarterback there. And uh, here he is with, 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 a, with a great season, a Heisman trophy winning season. And, and, and I guess LSU is, is the favorite uh, on paper to win, to win the national championship. So, so check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's all over YouTube and, and online. Joe Burrow's uh, Heisman speech. And my true or false, ahead. Ed Orgeron deserves a lifetime contract at LSU. True, Ed Orgeron—he's just such a likable guy. I mean, how how can you say false? I mean, his voice is so unique. He just seems like he seems like uh, <laughs> like a great like a fun uncle or something like that. <laughs> like like a, like a fun family, like someone yeah. you know, just like to hang around. So he he just seems like a great guy. So I'll, I'll say true because he's he's such a great guy. So. And uh, the two be seen I, again are the NBA Christmas games: Boston at Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly, Houston, Golden State, Clippers at the Lakers, and New Orleans at Denver. Usually, for a lot of families, activity settles down after after the morning gift opening, and and Christmas is a sort of a veg day for 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 a lot of people. There, there's not a lot going on beyond that, so uh, good time to flip on the TV and, and and catch a basketball game. So, do you guys travel for Christmas? Every once in a while, usually I stay at home. Though. I'm usually at my parents' house, and they live in Hartford County. So, so not I, I don't have family here in Frederick. So, not last year we traveled because my sister we, we went out to my sister's in Colorado. But typically we we, we don't uh, travel. How well, about you? Safe travels if you guys do any. I, I, everybody I know is here, right? So uh, we right. drive to Walkersville, and that's it. That is a long <laughs> trek. <laughs> do, do you strap up your dog and, and to yeah. take it and take a sled dog ride yeah. out to, out to, out <laughs> yes, to we Walkersville? Do. We so. pack a we pack a seventy two hour bag. D- delivering, <laughs> yes. We have to talk about that too. Uh, and, we'll do that and, next and week. next time. Next yeah. time you're on, so um, delivering medication to all the people in Walkersville. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Alan, uh, uh, his girlfriend, Becky, and. and Gunner, I want to say. Gunner and Gunner the dog. Saving lives in Walkersville (laughs) by delivering medication. All right, Joe's got to get to a basketball game here, so so we're holding him up. Uh, So happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next week here on Just Another Sports Podcast.